1: World Series matchup here, Rangers versus Diamondbacks, it'd be exciting in either way, either a team that hasn't won in 22 years, Diamondbacks in 2001, or a team that's never won in their existence in the Rangers. Uh, But the World Series, actually, for me, you know, I'm I'm, I'm getting ramped up into it. We're talking after Game 2 has happened. But the Championship Series were fantastic. They're good. It was good. I mean, we had predicted that it was going to be
0: Astros and (laughs) um, Phillies. Which is why... Which is why we hope that you went the other way because we told you that we were stone cold in these uh, playoffs and calling them. And I mean, through five games, it looked like we got it
1: right. I know. It really, it really did. Really, both of those, both of those series were just exactly scripted like you'd want them to if you were a network television executive. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You know they went they and went they, yeah in their own way. They went exactly way. how Each you one want was them. good yeah. Uh so at the end of yeah, this got I, Stapp, got
0: them going, and then the Rangers had the little a little Denouement
1: and then hey, we're we're gonna go to the voice. Right? Do you think it's do you think that the Creed volume went up or was it the like what what, what, what they must have figured volume. out how to get the volume up to eleven <laughs> that uh, series. So I guess at the end of this we'll have to pick our World Series uh we'll have to pick our World Series winners so that people can Pick against us. Pick against but, yeah, us, I'm, yeah, obviously. Please, please but, pick <laughs> against us. Uh, so I think, you know, there are a lot of interesting fantasy storylines to me. I had a guy text me about Dallas Garcia, who was a, a pick that I made um, in our home league early this year, and he's been tearing it I up. Mean, I mean, I, every time I see him, I still kick myself. I yeah.
0: I picked him up off the garbage heap two years ago. Yeah. And at the end of that season, I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. No, I'm not going to, no, he, he's got the, he's got Ryan Ludwig written all yeah, over him. Yeah. He's never going to do this again. And then he did, he had a pretty good year last year, but he was available in, you know, he was available in like fifth, sixth round yeah, in yeah. Most, most places. And then coming into this year, it was like, hey, you know, this guy, this guy should be in the first five rounds. And, and now it's like, hey,
1: this guy is good. Don't get him pissed off in a World Series. <laughs> uh, in a uh,
0: don't get him pissed off in the World yeah, Series. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I am, I am a little nervous. I am a little nervous about somebody who performs this well in the oh, playoffs and yeah. what that means for fantasy.
0: Oh yeah, because they're playing. He's going to play into November. Exactly. He's going to have to show up in, um, in February. A lot of players have already taken off a month. A month. <laughs> I <laughs> if, know. Not, if not. They didn't end their
1: season early, right? I don't know if it's better or worse to win the World Series or lose the World Series in that in that respect. Like is it you know, are you more depressed going into the offseason if you had to play into November but you lost? But It's gotta be player to player, right?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, specifically think about those Rangers teams that lost ten years ago. Like Adrian Beltre, Oh man. He showed up same every single time, whatever. But I'm sure that Josh Hamilton, like up, down, up, Elvis
1: Andrus, up, down, up, down emotionally. Um, and I mean stratospheric prices for Corbin Carroll next year, right? Oh my yes. I mean he's he's going he's going first round. Easy. No debate, I think. Yeah. Okay. He is the most
0: likely sophomore slump candidate. Oh. The committee is the committee has
1: already taken the the application and has <laughs> pushed it through. No, no, I I completely agree. I think that um, yeah, we'll we'll have to reflect on that. But I think he he's definitely somebody who you will have to pay in the first round to get him, and he almost certainly won't return first round value next year. I'm not saying he's going to be because bad. I will base stolen bases, though he will still return. But yeah, I mean that average. Sure, but runs. but stolen bases is no longer a. I mean. I think from this year we've learned that solo bases is they're up, they're way up. So they're not. You don't have to have Corbin Carroll on your team to win it.
0: Is uh, Christian Walker is he top top fifty?
1: <sighs> uh, top fifty. Uh, yeah, I think he's top fifty. He he yeah. produced he produced too much during the season, and he's done well during the playoffs. It's it's just hard you to know see who he it. is. Who?
0: Whit-, Whit Merrifield. You think about. Whit Merrifield came on very late in his career, just around 30. Yeah. And then every year there's going to be off-season like, mm, I mean, come on. He's <laughs> going to fall apart, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, he's walking out of that Pittsburgh stadium, and he's still, like, handsome little guy, <laughs> and can still get it done. Good job, you. He, and Christian Walker is uh, just, I mean, five years later. Except for not completely
1: different body type, completely different hitting profile, but player arc. So, who's our pick here? I, I, I know who I think it is. I'm pretty sure. Diamondbacks. <laughs> oh, really? I was going to say Rangers. Well, okay. So, this is good. Now, people can pick between us. You really think Diamondbacks? Yeah. The story is just there. I think Rangers. First time. I think the story is first time winners.
0: First time winners. I, I mean, I think the, the Wiley underdogs that I, once you see it, they have the experience from every game. All the experience that they have is
1: from the games that they're playing. and I, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, you love Zach Allen. I, I do love Zach Allen. but you know who We I, love Merrill Kelly. But you know who I don't love as their third pitcher? Brandon that's, Fatt. That's <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I mean. Who's closing right now? I mean, it's like a lot of question marks on that. I know. Arizona that's what roster. I'm saying. It's like, I mean, yeah, if they can do it, it'll be, if they can do it, it's remarkable. But I can write the storyline for either team. Brandon Fat. Yes, Brandon Fat is the starter yeah. for Game Three. Way to go! Good for him. Did you own him at all this year? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think no, no, no. like I picked. It. I think I streamed him once.
0: Yeah, I definitely looked at him. I mean, <laughs> I see that name and it's like, oh
1: yeah, I made fun of this name in my head. It's never, twice. it's never great when your third pitcher is a guy who's like surfing the waiver wire in fantasy during the year. So last year, to great success, we did what we called Stats 101. We did 10 10 episodes where we just walked through a bunch of different stats, um, stats ideas from the basics, and we kind of ended with some more advanced topics. We even got back into artificial neural nets, which was a thing that we'd uh, left behind for a while. But that was all under the umbrella of what academic stats would call frequentist stats. And this is really good for a bunch of the things that we've done in the past, like quantifying the distribution of given statistics during the season for all players. So you know, you you've been leading some really nice discussions about, uh, okay, how many runs were there in a given year, how many RBIs were there in a given year, uh, how many plate appearances were there in a given year, and what does that mean? But that's all frequentist. That term I haven't. That's not really a term that I know. I think of it as classical statistics. Oh, classical statistics. I think. Maybe may be that's the terminology that we may, use. We may be interchangeable. Geography. Is that right?
0: Well, because in geography, we, there is sort of like, there's sort of like statistics, you know, like this is the what stati- <laughs> statistics people talk about. And then it's like, we have to apply all of our geographic kind of functions to it because ge- geographic data is so different. I mean, you deal with that. I mean, proximal data,
1: data is very different. Because of autocorrelation. Sure, sure. I think I, I think that definitely all falls under the idea of classical statistics, which is kind of describing... To me, I guess it's kind of describing a more static data set in some way. Like, we have this data set, and now we're going to analyze it. Uh, but you and I actually spend a lot more time thinking along the lines of what are the odds going forward that player yeah. X will do Y thing? So... How does we, that affect a forecast? Exactly. So we talk a lot, you know, we talked about Adolis Garcia and how he's doing in the world series. I mean, what are the odds that he's going to get 40 home runs next year? And what, how do we set our expectations for how many home runs he's going to get next year? And I have realized that this whole conversation, the way that we've been talking about a bunch of these stats over time is more what is called Bayesian statistics and Bayesian, a way of thinking about this in a Bayesian sense. Uh, did you is there any any sense of bayesian statistics in geography yeah in, i mean it's a,
0: it's a, it's the same piece because especially uh, the uh, biggest piece in geography is typically um, population yeah you have to think about population because to, it's you, right it's static right but it's it's not static because <laughs> even at the time that you're looking at a population it has changed and so it is innate in all, all the things that you're doing geographically to think about what is it what is the population gonna look like in twenty forty? Mm. Where are these gorillas? You know, yeah. we, you think about human population, animal yeah. population. Yeah. Um trees, trees.
1: Oh my word, there's so much <laughs> to talk about. Where are the trees in the, in a forest? Kind of predictions for the trees. Yeah. Okay. Well, so in the end what I was thinking is that because we did such a classical or frequentist picture last year, that it's actually time for us to revisit this stat series and look a little bit more at the Bayesian side of things, talk a little okay. bit more about these predictive uh, things, yeah. which is really what we want for fantasy anyway. But I was thinking Applied kind of, statistics. Yeah, that's applied what we'll, statistics. we call it. That's oh, you, call it. Classical, that is the, yeah classical and applied
0: is what I was told. You have classical, classical statistics, which is descriptive statistics
1: and then applied statistics okay i'll put a note in here i mean this this is a whole a whole reason to do these these one oh stats 101 things right is like because you and i sometimes speak different languages we do (laughs) we We should like really try to get on the same page about some of the things that we're thinking here i know
0: you throw around a bayesian and it's like and and then you get into it it's like oh no i've yeah i've I've done this. I haven't called it Bayesian statistic. It's not how how my my brain thinks about it.
1: yeah, and I, I I don't know I don't know if I'm like, am I being overly formal about it? What's happening? So I think I'm excited to do a little bit of reading about this. Um, and I was thinking that we should just do kind of a slightly miniature version, and I have a proposal proposed outline here, and we can kind of kick this around. Let me know if you think I'm missing anything right off the top. This would be five a five part series. at some point, the topics would be covering. Ooh big big ideas here conditional probability Condi- oh well we definitely need to do big data conditional probability then Bayes theorem itself and what that actually is telling us then getting back to probability distributions which is big crossover with the the classical stuff that we've mm-hmm. done before which is kind of like <clears throat> how do you describe a distribution how do you describe the, a statistical distribution in the best way and we've actually we've actually danced around this several times because, It's like, how do you describe stolen bases versus how do you describe runs? Those are two totally different statistical beasts that we haven't, we've we've danced around it, but I think we should, think it's time for us to face it head on maybe. Um, And then there'd be a thing about defining priors, and all I mean by that is the stuff that goes into calculating the conditional probability, which we'll talk about, and then ending on this idea of updating priors, which is a thing that we've really been missing the idea there is how do you ingest new information and adjust things on the fly and that's just something we have not been doing in the past there is
0: yeah it's um we uh, and i always and i have a hard time with these is model calibration and model validation yeah and i feel like we do a pretty good job of the initial model validation and we do not do a very good job of model calibration yeah making notes we're good at this we're not good at this (laughs) i think yeah i mean if you just think about the our predictions that we do every year you do the model validation yeah we get to look at that but then we don't we don't have a very good like
1: mechanism for being like okay well how should we (laughs) yeah and i think and and there's so there's so much statistical literature out there about how we should do that (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that two of us are also people
0: that don't like overfitting models. Yeah, absolutely. And updating priors is somewhere where you can very quickly get into overfitting, overfitting your data as in like, okay, we put together the model that says this is how we describe the relationship between these different data points. Right. And then, okay, now we have the real world and we've seen that we're a little bit off. Well, some... Uh, modelers some statisticians would say okay well we have to boom move everything to just directly um, confront this and then I think that you and I are a little bit more hands- off about what oh well I mean we, we made the model for a reason guys
1: yeah and I think I think we've aired too much on that side and, mm-hmm. and and there are really obvious cases right there are really obvious cases where like a guy got injured or a guy got called up. That we've just never been prepped for because we made these preseason frozen predictions and then it's like, well, I never touched that. (laughs) Probably you come back at the end of the season and do any of the validation and it's totally wonky because you've got guys that got 100 plate appearances instead of the 600 that we forecast. Yeah. So I was I'm seeing as over the course of this I was going to set some goals for the Stats 101 to. uh, Upgrade some of our existing tools and try and fold these into to the lessons or as well or the discussion points. And I, the ones that I came up with were preseason predictions, obviously what we just discussed. Um, this idea of in-season game-winning predictions. So we, you know, we have a nice, we have a statistically relevant predictive model now for wins based on run differential. But right. I think we could do. I think we could formalize that a little bit better than the sort of brute force frequentist line fitting that i'm doing right now (laughs) i think there's probably something nicer to do yeah yeah. uh and i I think that that's going to fall under the bayes theorem idea so i'm a little excited about that then i was wondering is there anything we can do for another huge data trove that we have which is ownership numbers is there some way that we can some way that we can turn those ownership distributions into priors that we can predict from uh i'm going to be looking out for that yeah, I that would be awesome <laughs> because we're, I,
0: yeah, if we're using it is a frequentist. It's describing the frequentist. It's like this is how it looks today, and yeah, and you can sort of quickly like fit a line to it and say like, oh, well, tomorrow this person. But how how can we use that information earlier, instead of being like, oh, great, I picked up player X, you know, when he was fifty percent owned, and he could have gone either direction.
1: Yeah. But I think, I mean, one of the key things about this is that one that I didn't actually mention is a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of model building because you need models to test with the data. Yeah, so, so one of the things we would need for ownership is like, I mean, we've joked about this, right? We've joked about guys that, that when you, when you see them fall off a cliff and they just start to get dropped by everybody, yeah. or you see, you see these huge ownership spikes come out of nowhere, those would be models that we... Those ideally would be models that you would fit against the data and say, right. this one's more likely given what we've seen so far from the ownership predictions. Right. And the difficulty of those is they're not linear. No. Well, they're not... Um, yeah, they're not straight line. Yeah. But... <sighs> But I think I think that's again where Bayesian statistics is going to help us and I think we're really just teasing future future segments at this point is there anything that anything that we're missing so anything when you think about applied statistics uh, that you would that you would call sort of the 101 series here no I think this is, this is a great start and I don't think we need to do I don't think we need to, planning ahead I don't think we need to do this every week but I think we can fold these in uh, it'd be nice to finish them over the offseason culminating in Something that's preseason predictions that are ready to be updated. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no. We and we talked about that last year. We wanted to have a little bit more. And and I'm, I think if, if people are seeing behind the scenes, if, if I can do sort of some of the mechanization on it. Yeah. If we can get it to the state where I can I can get the mechan in.
1: Yeah, the mechanization. I mean, unlocking all of the the mechanized scrapers this year was was a huge coup. And if if GitHub could run run these updates for us that'd be amazing yeah you just imagine just every day we'd be great exactly have our own little cbs thing going on
0: <laughs> i think that about brings us to the review session joey vato
1: young upper and comer right why do his oh i guess his stat cast only goes back to 2015 because that's when Statcast cast started because his his <laughs> stats in the majors go back to 2007 in here when he played 24 games that's amazing so he's he's one of the one of the original guys from our home league yeah but this year 2023 plays in 65 games 242 Mm. plate appearances 26 runs 38 rbis 14 home runs zero stolen bases no attempts by the way in case you were wondering and a 202 average Keep in mind that his career average is two ninety four, so not not great. He should not have played the last two seasons if he wanted to keep that above three hundred. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> he shouldn't have played after twenty twenty, right? <laughs> For that, although he had a resurgent year in twenty twenty one. So, no, I mean, if he, st- I think if he stopped after twenty twenty one, he would still be above three hundred. He, but he, he didn't rack up a lot of plate appearances last year either, so it's not like yeah. It's not like he was doing a lot. Okay, Joey Votto, though. I mean, an amazing, an amazing career. Uh, but we have to talk about him. We we should be talking about him in the present right now and what he means for fantasy. When he was playing, not even really value, right? Mm, well, he got it. he was sort of plus on hits, right? Well,
0: uh... no, no. I'm sorry. On home runs, he was
1: he he was a he was helpful getting you some extra power. Sure, fourteen and sixty five is is good, right? If you upscale that to a full season, that's those are those are real numbers. Same thing's true with RBIs, I guess. Um, I mean, even even the runs, kind of. But that average is painful, and zero stolen bases is just.
0: Yeah, in this day and age, you can't have someone that's not going to get you any stolen bases.
1: It's just such a crazy. It's just such a such a such an end to a career, right? Whereas he he's so different than he used to be for sure. Well, I don't know why I'm not sure. Usually you see a player like this and you see
0: like, Oh, okay. They're trying to get to 500 home runs. Like the big hurt. Yeah. Yeah. At the very end of his career is like, dude, like just just, hang it up, man. (laughs) Um, but he's nowhere near 500 home runs and that's not the player that he was. So, and he's only man. just think of
1: it. He's only at two thousand. That is crazy that he's only at two thousand hits. For a guy that his claim to fame was I mean what he was known for was an enormously high OBP. Well, I mean he's got over he's got thirteen hundred walks. That's that is pretty crazy. (laughs) That walk to hit ratio over a career has got to be extremely high. How many how many other guys have more than fifty percent? Yeah, exactly. That's I, wild. That's that would be an interesting stat to to find out. But but this, you know, what, he continued it this year. He's still drawing walks. Like he
0: still got ten percent of the ten percent walks. Yeah, man, that's. But nuts. He, he's so slow on base. It does his base running this year. Wow, his base <laughs> running was an improvement this year at negative zero point six. But remember, that. we've been we've been doing these first basemen, and most of them are negatives, right? last year in 2022 negative
1: 4.1 but his base running score yeah and i think i mean he's he's definitely a guy who's helped by the uh by the dh appearing in the national league too right <laughs> he negative 1.1 1. 1 on his um
0: offensive rating according to fan graphs negative 1.1 1. 1.
1: that defense negative 6.7
0: <sighs> this year was an improvement over his last year
1: but 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 we're surely not saying that this was a good get in any way like this wasn't no a, absolutely not there's no reason to draft him you possibly could get him later he doesn't play he didn't play until june which I, I would think, tell everybody do not draft this man is he going to play you can next watch year? him watch him if he's on the waiver wire but do not draft this man I, it's it's hard because, is is he going to play next year i mean are we are we just discussing absolutely nothing right now <laughs> Um, Vado said in an interview Friday
0: that he wants to continue his baseball career for at least one more year Paul Paps of the Dan Patrick Show reports on 10-6 so they let him
1: bat number six when he was in the lineup this year mm-hmm. Would about they as high him, as you can put him will they let him, yeah will they let him bat number six and, and the reason I bring that up is because the Cincinnati team while is they good. is good they, right exactly while they didn't get it done this year. There's real guys in the top at the top of that lineup. I mean Ellie Delacruz alone is is incredibly valuable, but Nick Martini. Wow. Okay, let's let's not what? fake names. I <laughs> fake even, names. That's right. I so order that. at restaurants
0: as. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, geez, his last day. Uh Stuart Fairchild, uh Will Benson, Nick Martini, like you feel people (laughs) spencer steer doesn't sound real either spencer steer does like it's like i'm sorry i want an old-timey name that sounds like it could be i'm the
1: publisher of the uh evening gazette spencer steer for you yeah who are you but i think if so if he gets to play next year yeah obviously don't draft him but if he gets to play next year it's a waiver. It's a waiver wire. Watch if Cincinnati catches oh, you, fire. Watch him on the waiver wire because I think he will have periods where he's going to hit. I think he had periods
0: this year where he hit and and it was valuable. Those 14 home runs were valuable. And I think that he, the reason why he wants to have another year is because he
1: only just started to get over the injury this year. Yeah. Yeah. And started to feel good. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand him wanting a real year there. And just i'm thinking i mean so tgfbi he's useful if he's playing but it's kind of a nightmare because if he's not playing you have a dead roster spot so you just would have to really cycle him in and out yeah you're your only
0: way for wire picking up but i think we got to tell people we got to just tell tell people don't don't draft him
1: watch him he's going to be available do do you think so you don't you don't think that if he comes into spring training healthy this year which he didn't next year i mean which he didn't this past year you don't think people will draft him flyer late late rounds? Oh, I think people will draft him. Oh, okay. I think he'll be available on the waiver wire, and you got to pick your, spot, <laughs> your spots, pick your shots. I mean, we've talked about a lot of first basemen at this point, so mm-hmm. pe- guys can only stock so many first basemen mm-hmm. in something like TGFBI. But, but I agree with you. There is probably juice there during the season at some point. Yeah. You want those fourteen home runs in sixty-five games? Yeah, times? sure. For, That's great. For certain, he's only going to get those in bunches. I wish that we. I mean, I wish that we'd done these review sessions back in the day when I just loved all of his numbers. You know, when he's like, like a season where he's got four thirty oh, OBP. I mean, come in 2018, on, twenty eighteen something like come that. On. Was nice. Those are those are crazy
0: numbers. Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to talk to him in twenty eighteen. Where it's like, hey, only twelve home runs. Sixty-seven, uh, sixty-seven runs, sixty-seven RBIs, two stolen bases, but three thirty-three BABIP on two eighty-four average, seventeen point three percent walk percent. It's like nice, nice stuff.
1: That Out of value
0: because everybody already had given up on him.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, going from thirty-six home runs to twelve home runs is pretty much the nightmare scenario, right? Yeah. For a for a guy that you were relying on, <laughs> to to get you yeah. power, and you luckily expectations are so low for Joey Votto now that you can you can get those 14 home runs or I mean let's say what if he only gets 10 home runs that's still some value well I think that that was his mistake because I think in
0: 2017 he put on the power he put on the power show Mm -hmm. and he needed to he needed to go that direction at that point and instead he tried to hold on to that batter's eye and it's like no 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 just (laughs) just give
1: up yeah, but even in twenty twenty one, he he launched thirty six bombs. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's just it is depressing to talk about him at this point in his career because you're like, what what should you, what should you do with him? And we you have to be, I mean, I'm, this is me speaking to myself. You have to you divorce objected. yourself from <laughs> what he used to do and look at what he is doing now. And Mm -hmm. I guess that's a real danger for the casual fantasy baseball fan who's like, Joey Votto, oh, yeah, there he is. (laughs) He's here. What a time. What a time. Don't draft Joey Votto. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we doing next week? We're talking about Brendan Donovan.
0: The uh, flip side of the Brandon Drury, Brendan Donovan. Which one's which? I don't know. (laughs) Let's find out. (laughs) Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mine the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy.
1: Worst of luck to you, too. Yay!